Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as audacious as an Erling Haaland kung fu lob, fancy advice as risky as Hertha's honeypot, and two pundits who aspire to be as weirdly impressive as Vesalius Lampropoulos' minus 11-point haul. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 5, Match Day 6. And joining me, as always, he is the fantasy fußball got Flo Reinecker, flow a little under the weather I hear this week. Yeah, um, like it's my first real cold since the pandemic started, basically. So I'm not used to usual germs anymore. <laughs> and that as a German, I mean, how, how, how is that even possible? Like I've been uh, vaccinated twice and I tested myself on Corona for like three or four times since it started. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really... Uh, a bit shaken by 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 the cold. Well, so, um, yeah, he, he claims it's by the I'm cold. Sweaty. <laughs> I'm sweaty. I'm, I'm really sweaty and I'm cold at at the same time. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm feeling quite young again because I've like I'm I'm sitting at my desk and I've all these used tissues all around me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, there you no, go. No, because because I had a lot of colds. Yeah, had a lot of colds when you were young. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. No, that's it. I mean, he, he claims it's a cold, ladies and gents. I'm I wonder whether these are the post Nord Derby defeat symptoms that we're seeing uh, on display here from Mr. Flo Reinick. Uh, <laughs> get away with assault, James. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, shall we move uh, swiftly on? Because we do have some listener questions. We've got a lot to get through today. Um, an exciting week. I mean, the fantasy or the world of official fantasy Bundesliga just keeps getting a bit more bizarre every match day, seemingly. I don't know how you feel about it, Flo, but this was a, an, another interesting weekend. Big strikers came to the fore. We've got some midfielders that are starting to come out of the woodwork, some that we probably should never have written off in the first place this season. We've got some defenders that are underperforming. So, yeah, plenty to get through. Let's see whether we we can help you guys out and we'll start with a question it was the first one sent in he sent it even before we sent out the request for questions so i had to start the show with it our good friend gavin doyle who asked gents for match day six i'm thinking of taking out Veghorst, grifo and serdar for modest kimmich and schroberschlei 2.1 million left in the bank what are your thoughts Flo? Yeah, I like it as a whole i think you can regret taking getting rid of grifo because I see him in most predicted lineups and from like the performance that Freiburg did show without him, I guess he's going to start at home against Augsburg and that could be a good game. On the other hand, I mean, I talked about it uh, pre-show with you. Why, why guessing if like Bayern is just producing? They have 95 shots on goal so far this season. Uh, that's 10 more than the second most productive team in that regard and they scored already 20 goals that's also by far i mean you got Dortmund and 17 then it's leverkusen and 15 and in fourth place is stuttgart with nine yeah because they're still li living off that goal to foot win yeah if my math is correct that like buying scored five times the goal of stuttgart or almost no, it's, yeah, two. Um, <laughs> that was a lame, very lame joke, but I'm sick. So, That's yeah. all right. We'll let that one fly. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were looking very questionable. Uh, I was, to, I was looking me, very James. questionable. No, but that's the thing. I mean, if you can get to Kimmich, uh, I, I probably would do that too. Because buying shot production and goal production both gets you, like, is spikes in points. Is so much above the rest 
that I think is, is, is totally worth it. And with other clubs, it's just guessing. I mean, we were hoping that Freiburg would produ produce with a good run of fixtures. Yeah. And they just can't do it right now. So maybe they can against Augsburg. I'm hoping. But maybe not. Who knows? Like, Augsburg hasn't conceded a single goal away from home so far this season. They also so, haven't yeah. scored one. <laughs> I like all your picks. And and at one point to Modest, so he was catching my eye. I probably can't afford him. I'm, I'm going for an even cheaper striker this week, um, at least right now. But, like, he has on average 5.2 shots on goal per 90 minutes. Uh, that's tied for the first in the league with Lewandowski and Haaland. These three guys are sitting there with 5.2 shots on goal uh, and in, in first place. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a great pick. And... I mean, if you can perform against Leipzig, you probably can do it at Frankfurt as well. Well, that, that's it. I mean, I, I just, I get the impression with Anthony Modest, the way Köln play, even if they have a bad game, he's clearly going to be involved in the shots that they do have. And that's what you want from your striker, especially at that price tag, um, and does look very enticing. Maybe not necessarily this week, not a bad fixture, but then next week, if I'm not mistaken, Köln at the Friday evening game, which then they become very enticing as an option. Yeah, against Fürth. That's it, of course. Yeah, against Fürth, because yeah. Fürth play first in each and every match day <laughs> between the international breaks. I remember that now. Yeah, you're right. So I, I, you know what? I have nothing to add actually on that question because I do agree with you. I think I think the option to go to Kimmich, Schoberschlei and Modest is great. In in Kimmich and Schoberschlei, you've got set pieces in there as well to compensate maybe for the loss of Grifo too. Let's move on to the next one. Our good friend Korosh for you says, keep Seda or Robin Hack and buy Kostic or double up Nkunku with Schoberschlei. So he's got a few midfield headaches he's looking for you to solve here, Flo? Uh, I would keep Hack over Serda because I'm not sure that Hatta is even trying to get shots on goal when they travel to Leipzig from what we've seen from them. So they produce five shots on goal at Bochum. So how many will it be at Leipzig? I can't imagine it. It will be a lot. And Bielefeld is playing at Union and I think there's an outside chance of them su surprising at Berlin because I mean, I've seen some encouraging signs from Bielefeld. They're just not able to take their chances. But one of these days, maybe like a few balls slide in. So I, I would definitely keep Huck. And I mean, Kostic is a great differential pick for this match day. Yes. Uh, he's on my yeah. list. The problem with Kostic is that they're traveling to Munich next match day. So I don't want him on the next match day. And so you, you, you basically bring in a player you, who you have to get rid of in the next week. And I mean, it's okay if you've got one of these kinds in your squad, but it's like if, if you have even two transfers already planned for next week, like life comes at you fast. And that's true in fantasy as well. So then you all of a sudden feel that you have to do five transfers. But... You just can't do three. So uh, I would probably prefer going with Nkunku. Uh, so with Shabashlai, because, uh, yeah, Nkunku, he has already. If I, uh, uh, With the two Leipzig guys. Either way, yeah, yeah go, go with the two Leipzig guys. No, but I do agree with you. I think Kostic is a great pick if you can do a one and done, but I wouldn't recommend him if you are if you can't afford to get him out next week. It's just not, not the right time, even though we are glad to see that he's kind of showing that despite all the summer upheaval, he can still be a fantasy asset for us. Let's talk about a couple more. There were some great player pick questions 
questions. And so we've got another one from at underscore me underscore yo underscore who says Roussillon and Kainz or Schoberschlei and Beno Schmitz. He says, I already have Unkunku. So where would you go on these player picks, Flo? I'm going with Schoberschlei and Schmitz. And uh, just because I'm not sure of the role that Kainz will play uh, if he comes back. Because Kicker has him in a more def- defensive role uh, as he played before. And Duda is still in the starting lineup. And that's a slight concern. Uh, I, st- I, like, I still like Kainz as a pick. But like, there's some risk with him not getting as many uh, as yeah as many attacking chances that we've seen from him in the past. I'm not sure that it, that's like uh, a wise thing to do, and I'm not sure that if Baumgart even goes that route. But like, it's at least food for thought. If like if Kicker is believing it, that I think there's at least some chance of that happening. Yeah, I mean, it's one that I'm trying to think right now. I, be- I believe Kint still took set pieces, though, even with Duda in the starting lineup. But he probably he would lose a couple here or there. I bet you there's a free kick that Duda w- or a penalty that Duda would take charge of, um, and things like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Kint's the problem with Kint's. We've also seen he can be really hit and miss. Okay, we've had the suspension as well, which didn't help his cause. The question is, can he produce any sort of consistency, or is he going to be that hit and miss player throughout, where you kind of just have to ride the bandwagon and hope for those highlights? You know, it's just a it's a tricky one with him but uh, uh, yeah, a decent price tag at the very least. Okay, let's move on. The At the Ice Cream Corn says, with a few very good Meunier performances, is he ever worth a look, Flo? And the problem here is, is his position, isn't it? It just kills him. Yeah, it's his position. He's a midfielder. Uh, he, he would be like very interesting if he were a defender. But as a midfielder, you, you're totally relying with him basically on crosses connecting. And him getting assists. I mean, his price tag is cheap enough with 8.1 million that in a very good matchup, I think he can be involved in enough shots. But I see him rarely getting off two shots on goal in one game, which would give you like this very valuable three points at least. So you're relying on him getting passes to a shot where you get two by every two he does. And I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure that it's, it's worth it. It's a shame because he, he, he really, or he improved from last season to this season. It's obvious. I, I think he's not a bad pick, but I, I think his, his ceiling is, is capped by, with his unlikelihood of scoring himself and getting many shots off himself. That's, that's a problem with Meunier. Yeah, it is maybe one of the bigger regrets this season that Rafael Guerrero has been made a, a defender in the game, but Thomas Meunier has not. But we can only thank Borussia Dortmund and their squad planning department for that. Maybe Sebastian Kale's the person we need to get on the phone to and just say that he needs to sort it out for next season. Let's move on then to a question from At Time to Nort Bremser. He asks, which do you rate higher flow, Freiburg or Mainz's defence and Leverkusen or Dortmund's attack? I'm I'm going with Freiburg's defense here because they're playing at home against Augsburg. Yeah. And I mean, Mainz is playing away at Leverkusen. That's a tough feat because, like, I was I was talking about the three clubs who are above everyone else in goal production, and Leverkusen is one of them. And so, plays behind Dortmund and Bayern. So that's definitely something to keep in in mind. And the attack, I would say that. Dortmund has a more valuable attacker in Erling Haaland, but Schick is pretty good as well. 
But in midfield, I prefer like from these two clubs, Florian Wurz right now for me is the best midfielder out of these two clubs by by wide margin. So I think he's coming to his own, like getting better from game to game, involved in so much what Leverkusen is doing. I mean, they didn't have a lot of shot production at, at Stuttgart, but he was basically involved in every, like basically almost literally every shot they had. He had a feed in it. So uh, yeah, I, I, I think you'd rather look at which players these teams have to offer. Um, and then I would say Leverkusen midfield, personified by Wurz and Dortmund attack, personified by Haaland. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I agree with you. I mean, Jude Bellingham showing some good promise. We've seen Gio Reyna produce points this season, but he's injured right now. So Florian Witz in that market is a very hot prospect. And I'm a bit gutted that I talked myself out of bringing him in last week. But that was, I, admittedly, Flo, that was mainly because on Thursday night, he got the seven shades of purple kicked into him by their Europa League opponents. And I thought, I actually didn't think he'd start that game. Um, I thought there was a chance that Ferenc Ross had put him off and maybe given him a knock on the ankle that may say, you know what, we'll leave him on the bench, bring him on after 60 minutes and see what happens. But that just wasn't the case. And then, yeah, he goes on to do that. Luckily, I went with Dominic Schoberslei, so it wasn't a, a too big a point swing in the end from my perspective but I would also agree on Freiburg's defense right now I think Mainz I'm waiting to see when their sweet point is with the fixtures I think we talked about this a little bit last week if they hit a sweet point with their fixtures they've got Invidma and Lukoki two very viable options and even when he comes back from injury you could make an argument for Nyakate given the fact that he takes penalties and free kicks it's crazy yes so yeah, um, yeah uh, there's plenty to work with in that Mainz back line but right now Freiburg is the way I would go as well. Let's move on to the question from at Ignatius Brian L1. Long time we haven't heard from Brian, but uh, nice to hear him back in touch. And he is asking, Flo, this is a headache I think a lot of people will have because Manuel Riemann looks like he's picked up an injury. The Balkan... No, oh. Yeah, but I see him still being available. Do you? Oh, well, this yeah. is, well, this is good news then. It was, it was heavily bandaged as he went off yesterday. And I mean, okay, goalkeeper's... They're a little bit of an exception sometimes. They can can play through something that maybe an outfielder couldn't. But it, there's a risk. Anyone that's out there with the one-keeper tactic, which Ignatius Bryan uh, said he has, um, might be in trouble. Yeah. Thomas Reich says that he thinks that he can play on the weekend. Oh, that's good. Okay, I hadn't seen that quote, admittedly. So, And that he can be back on the pitch on Thursday. So today, we're we recording Thursday at noon. So probably if uh, by the time it's out, you should have the news on Riemann. I, I guess that he's uh, playing. And I didn't, I really didn't understand the question. I was saying, well, Riemann is doing great. He got five points. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> seven, <laughs> nil seven goals at, at Munich and he still got five points. So like, I'm not complaining. <laughs> uh, about Riemann. So now I get it. No, um, yeah, but sorry. I think he's going to play. So don't, uh, yeah, don't panic. You, you wait for the news. Then you see, yeah, actually, um, I, yeah. I guess he he's a available. So no, that's fair. If he, if he is in training today, which we should get news of, I'm sure, because people will be keeping an eye on it. He is their number one. Then yeah, then we should find out long in advance, which is good news for us. 
and I'd say, yeah, even if you're on a one keeper tactic, don't don't panic. You know, if, if you genuinely get zero points from your keeper by the end of a match day, it's not the end of the world. You know, uh, we've had a couple of people get minus points recently, Riflo. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I'm going. I'm like, I'm going to add these two points at the end of the no. season if that makes a difference between us, James. If you finish behind me in the league by two points, I you know it just be it just be brilliant. Yeah, just just to make you regret that one. But we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay, let's move on to the next question because this I know actually is a question that relates to you quite well uh, from at Ahoy Fella FC he says stick with the double Freiburg midfield of Jong and Grifo or should I sell them for Wolfsburg assets I know that's a question you're asking yourself this weekend Flo yeah though not with Wolfsburg assets like I'm, I, 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 I think that part. Wolfsburg isn't producing as much attacking output so their strength lies in defense and I wouldn't think about bringing in a Wolfsburg midfielder. I'm like, I'm still have Maxi Arnold and I can't get rid of him. Probably not, also not this week, but I wouldn't look to invest in Wolfsburg assets, especially midfield. So uh, defenders, if you want for to go for Mbabu, for instance, I think it's fine. Even if you have Vejos and you have other transfers to do, I, I don't think it's like, it's, it's horrible to have him, um, I would probably lean on the side of getting rid of Young if that's possible for you. Because I think, like, I would say that Grifo is 70 to 80% to start in my mind. Because, like, they didn't, like, he, he was clearly missing in his game. And even if it's not to his best, maybe it did help him to, like, get a breather and, yeah, be able to, to get back on track. And um, we might see that against Augsburg. And Young is far more um, risky that he keeps his place. And he's also risky if he's on the pitch because he's, he's more likely, I think, to get substituted out early. And so I, I would look to get rid of Young and keep Grifo. That would be my advice. But um, I'd rather invest in Stuttgart, for instance, or playing at Bochum. Um, also have a standalone fixture. And you could, uh, can look at other midfielders. I think we'll, we'll talk about a few, um, when we go through the fixture list that, that might be, uh, even in that price range. So. Yeah, I think there are options. I mean, this is the great thing about the fantasy game this season. You do worry sometimes whether. You know, maybe the low budget market doesn't quite yield as many players, but we've got options in defense, in the midfield, and perhaps even more surprisingly, because it doesn't happen every season, you've got low budget strikers that are genuinely viable options this season. So often we've talked about why would you waste one of your precious three striker slots on a low budget striker, but this season, you know, there are a couple that are getting themselves in the mix. Um, and I was hoping. Ishak Belford would be one of them. Turned out not to be the case. He's one of my three transfers this weekend, definitely, for certain. Let's move on to the final question then from part one. At Ralph E.A. Smith, he says, with Schick and injury doubt, is now the time to give Andre Silva another chance or would it be wiser to go for one of those cheaper options flow and reinvest the funds in Leipzig's midfield? Yeah, and he's mentioning Modesta Mamouche and I think these are the two guys that you would look at if you pay down. Modest is 7.3, Mamouche is 3.5. And I talked about you, the three guys who are sitting on top on shot ratio with Haaland, Lewandowski and Modest. And joint fourth place is Patrick Schick, 
on level with Omar Mamouche with 4.4 shots per 90 minutes. So Mamouche is a great value pick. I'm not sure that Silva would be the guy I would look at. I mean, if if he can do it, why not against Hertha? Because they really not like... These two matches they won in a row had to be like the, 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 with the poorest football we've ever seen since Bremen got relegated. Uh, but, <laughs> that bad, huh? Because <laughs> they had, uh, like, they, they won matches like this in the last two years as well. But it's not like you can, in, in a fantasy sense, it's, to, it's almost worthless, especially if the opponent is giving you an own goal, which gives you nothing in, in fantasy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're almost banking on the opponent have to do the work. Uh, so, yeah, you could probably look at silver, but I personally would rather save the money and go with Modest or Mamouche because yeah, like it, it gives you so much more flexibility in other positions. And the underlying stats actually look better with Modest and Mamouche than with silver. That could change, but Hertha, they are going to park the bus. And we've seen that. Leipzig can struggle with teams that, that are defending pretty deep. So if you remove price tags, it would still be a close decision for me between Silva, Modest, and Mamouche. And if you then add the price tag, I think it's, for me, it's a clear cut case. I'm not thinking about Silva. No, I, I'd agree. I mean, like Silva, we know he has the potential to have a 20 plus point haul, no doubt. Even though, you know, he's been out of form with this Leipzig side, he's still got it in him this weekend. But you look at the odds of that happening compared to the odds of Nkunku, Schobberschlei, Olmo being involved in more shots and against a deep-lying hair to side, I, I can see that happening. So I agree. I think investing the funds in the midfield is a much better way to go. Although, I mean, I wouldn't... This is it. As, as someone that doesn't mind a gamble myself, going for silver this week doesn't seem like a bad play. I'll be honest. Like I'm, I'm thinking about it now and going, that could be a huge differential. No, if you get the money, like, like I said, if... If you if you remove the price tag, I I, I think that silver might be on par with the other guys, yeah. but there's just so much cheaper. So, yeah. but if you have for what reason, like you rob the bank with your and put it all in your fantasy yeah. account, <laughs> you got the money, then why not? You can go for silver. It's definitely a differential pick. No, huge. But that would that would leave you probably in other places paying down in midfield That's and it. not being able to bring in a Kimmich, Schoboschlei, and Nkunku, and and settle for a guy like Kainz, for instance. And uh, yeah, I think there you you you're losing quality. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, whereas, yeah, dipping into the lower range market with someone like Modest, you're not losing as much quantity. I, I couldn't agree more. Okay, we will leave it there for part one of Talking Fusbar Fantasy. Back in part two for a look at the match day six fixtures. There are plenty to get through, including a big Friday night one, which might see a lot of investment. So join us again in just a jiffy. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Before we get into the match day fixtures, I do just want to do a quick bit of self-promotion for two things. One, Nick Wildhagen did a brilliant podcast on the use of anti-inflammatory drugs and the 
topic of doping in professional football. And so I would highly recommend you go give that episode a listen. I was listening to it this morning while I was eating my breakfast and was genuinely gripped about the discussion. Um, you know, I'm not a medical expert by any stretch of the imagination, but even I found it quite interesting to see what they were discussing and how these players really are coping with uh, some of the hardships of being a professional footballer uh, in terms of the physical toll it takes on their body. The second one is that the TFF Pokal is back. Our good friend Haymarket second has once again outdone himself. If anything, he's, he's created more work for himself again this season, which we really appreciate. He didn't need to do, but we really do truly appreciate it. So the, the Talking Fußball Fantasy Pokal is up and running. It's going to start in a league-based format and then kind of gradually get whittled down. So yeah, have some fun with it. At least, you know, if I'm right, if you're in the top 500 at the end of this match day, you will be entered into it. And so that's that's kind of how the entry is all going. So yeah, keep your eye out for that. I've retweeted him already, but go give him a follow. Say thank you. Uh, you know, send some support to him because we really do appreciate what he does for this show and the TFF Pokal. Yeah, and he has made some a great piece of art. So uh, in a tweet of him, there's like some figurines that he did. I'm not sure that it's the right yeah, yeah, term, yeah. but it's it's yeah, yeah it's great and. Uh, uh, he he said is that it's actually me celebrating a North Derby victory in the, in the past. So yeah, great. Yeah, and it's a spitting image of myself. At least how I look right now. No, I was going to say it's a it's a decent representation. That 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 ginger fro of yours is looking really bushy nowadays. Flow <laughs> has to be said. Um, no, that's it. Yeah. No, I, sorry, Although I I'm not a ginger. But, yeah. <laughs> You're not. But yeah, sorry, just to just confirm, it's the top 500 scores from match days one through three that had advanced to round two. So yeah, we are already well underway. I'll just drop my pencil in case you heard that in the background. Don't worry, nothing happened. And so yeah, it's, it's up and running. The link will be in his profile, which as always is on his Twitter account. If you need to find him on Twitter, simply type in TFF Paul Carl into the search bar and uh, it will pop up because he is the man uh, purporting it all. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the two bits of self-promotion. Let's get on with the match day. Six fixtures now, starting with that Friday night game and it is a big one in some senses Flo because after what happened last week I think everyone's eyeing this with some you know the cartoon dollar signs in their eyes as well foot against Bayern you know the fun fact about this one there's plenty of them but Lewandowski would equal the record set by Gerd Müller if he finds the target against foot and scores in a 16th consecutive Bundesliga game uh, he equaled the record for most home games consecutively scored in a row uh, now he's looking to do it overall but Flo, the big question for this one is, given what happened with Bochum, that 7-0 win for Bayern, how many Bayern players are too many on Friday night? 12. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem, right? It's a bit tricky then. No, you you definitely can think about loading up, but they're playing on a Sunday, the last, so it's it's quite funny how they, they're playing on a Friday when it's Champions League on Wednesday, and then they get the Sunday game, which is unusual for Bayern, but like... Lucky for them that they got that treat. Yeah, I mean, that, that automatic draw that's been done by the computers yeah. was very favorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we don't know how the starting lineup will, will look on Sunday. And if you load up, like, if there are some surprise guys in the starting lineup, like, for instance, Sabitzer will start, and you think about, wow, that's differential, uh, getting Sabitzer, you probably have to get rid of him before next week. So um, you, you should be still be thoughtful with your buy-in investment, but I think Davis, Kimmich, and Lewandowski are like three of the best picks uh, you can do. 
uh, on on this match day and on any, any given match day, basically. And if you want to double up, like you can get a second strike. Like if you debating who to bring in apart from Lewandowski and Haaland up front, uh, the answer could be Leroy Sané. Uh, I, I think I would prefer him over Nabri just because Nabri had health issues this week. Muziala had health issues as well. So, yeah. That yeah. was a blow. Um, so we're not sure how that, that Bayern lineup might actually shape up. We might see Goretzka, Kimmich and Sabitzer in the starting lineup if and, and Müller playing as a winger or something like that happened. Like we, we have to wait and see. The good thing is we can since it's a Friday evening fixture. But I think that Sané with the way he's playing would be my preferred double up up front over Thomas Müller. But it's like Müller is always not, not a bad choice. Yes, yeah, no, he's never he's never a bad choice. But with Sane, it's just so interesting how football can change so quickly. He became a non-entity, and then we were even talking about him being even less of an attractive prospect in the fantasy world, given the fact he's now a forward. But now we're actually talking about him being a viable option again because, yeah, I mean, he's just when when he's on form, that man is involved in shots on goal um, and as a fantasy asset. Like that's just exactly what you want to see. So we'll see whether this form continues, but a not of not an unviable option. And I do like the fact that this may offer a differential. Stand- Anisic even played last weekend. I don't think that'll happen again, but it shows that there still may be a bit of healthy rotation to this Nagelsmann side, which is, let's be honest, that's what we came to expect with him at Leipzig. And yes, he doesn't quite have maybe as much depth at Bayern, but it doesn't mean that his policy is going to change. So there may still be uh, a few minefields for us to navigate further down the field and a few surprises that he will throw us our way to. Yeah, and Stan is it, if he's starting again with 3.4 million, you've got the certainty of him. Uh, yeah, of course he's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah, you can't, um, can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Yeah. Okay, I mean, in fairness, yeah, I, I don't think we need to talk about the buying market too much. There's plenty of options. Everyone's well aware of them and the best ones. So we'll move on to the 3.30 games on the Saturday. Let's talk about Leipzig against Hertha. We've touched on it with Andre Silva and the discussion earlier. But Leipzig are unbeaten in their last seven Bundesliga meetings with the old lady. Their last loss came back in December of 2017. So if you had to pick a player from this game flow... Let me guess, are you going to throw a curveball? I wonder whether you might look at a certain left-back. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Angelino, because Guardiola was, he injured himself in, in, in practice this week, and I guess that they're now looking to, to get Angelino back on track, and this is a good game to do it, and there's even some talk that they might revert to playing a three-man backline, which would be perfect for Angelino. And 13.7 is his price tag. But I think like he's risky, so we might hear his name later on as well. But I think he has great potential to be a differential pick um, this week. And in midfield, I think Schoboschlei as being the preferred set-piece taker um, has probably... Although, I mean, in Kunku, like, he's doing a lot as well. So I think the, like, these three guys are, are pretty high on my list. Uh, I already have Schoboschlei. Probably won't get to Nkunku, but like he's always a good pick. Yeah, you can never, you never really go wrong with Christian Nkunku, especially when he's doing things like scoring hat tricks against Man City and then just yeah. constantly. Only, I mean, only question really is because Leipzig is playing on Tuesday, so they they playing Saturday, Tuesday, and in Tuesday in the Champions League against Brugge, which is like a really important game in that group because they have to win it if they want to have any chances of, of getting through true yeah 
yeah, maybe we see a bit of rotation. So I'm, I'm, I've got a bit of fear, but I, I, I think that Angelino is probably pretty safe, but you can never be a hundred percent. Yeah. And this is it. And I think, I think we're going to have a little bit of fear with Leipzig midfield all season. When you've got four players like Emil Forsberg and Kunku, Olmo and Schroberschleit trying to fit into three roles, there's constantly going to be a chop and change. Someone's going to miss out one week and someone's going to miss out another. And it's going to be a bit of a headache throughout the season, I reckon. But yes, I'm in the Schroberschleit market as well. Um, after his, what he did in his debut and, and the points he won me, I, I went back there faithfully to an old faithful, let's say. And speaking of old faithfuls, let's talk about the next game, Frankfurt against Köln. Now, despite their stuttering start, Frankfurt are unbeaten in 21 Bundesliga home games, stretching back to June of 2020, the club record. Uh, was set in 1973 and stands at 27. In terms of a player pick, I mean, this is a tricky one because Khan have been in really good form recently. They've clearly got some assets. Frankfurt, though, yeah, okay, four draws in a row now. Not the end of the world. They need to finally pick up a win and you've got to be honest, Frankfurt will be looking at a home game against Khan and thinking this is the time to do it. Yeah, they they probably will. But I mean, Cologne is showing that it's not a fluke. I think we've seen enough from them to say, no, they're a pretty good team right now. And Frankfurt isn't showing that uh, right now. They, and they're not producing shots. Although you have to say that they're not like getting as many shots on goal as well. So sitting at 54 shots conceded so far this season and only one, two, the four teams have conceded less shots than Frankfurt have. So that's definitely some stick in the wheel of a guy like Modest. But we see him come through against Leipzig just because of the way they're playing, like putting in crosses and, and, and Modest is really, really great. And having uh, the, the positional play and the knack to be in the right position to get to these crosses so I think we see at least some baseline of shots at goal production by Modest, and that's why he is my pick. But if you want the one-and-done value pick, I think Danny Da Costa could be interesting for 4.4 million because Christopher Lenz is injured and uh, World Cup winner Eric Durham will play on the left back, uh, as left back, and, and Da Costa will play as the right back. Um, I, I think he's an interesting value option. Uh, in defense. No, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think I, I'm really intrigued to see how this game goes. For me, these guys have almost role reversaled. Uh, Köln are now this, you know, attacking intense side that we were used to seeing from Eintracht Frankfurt. And so I actually think this could be a very entertaining game on the Saturday afternoon. As to its fantasy yields, yeah, I, I will wait to see, but I'm not overly keen in dipping into the market myself. Let's talk about one I am a little more keen on. Uh, that's Leverkusen against Mainz this weekend. We mentioned Florian Witz in the incredible form he's in. He's actually averaging a goal involvement roughly every 30 minutes in the Bundesliga this season. And meanwhile, he's got a bit of a partner in crime up front, Patrick Schick. He has scored for four games in a row for the first time in his career. We mentioned the fact that he was on course for that and he did do it, but it is an injury doubt now, which isn't great. Uh, so in terms of a player pick flow, is there anyone other than... I'm going with, yeah, Florian Wirtz is the guy, <laughs> yeah, okay, of course. Yeah, and uh, three of these four Schick goals were actually set up by Florian Wirtz. Yep. So they've got three goal connections, which is the highest rate in uh, the European top five leagues. Brilliant. That's that's so what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but, but I think Schick is also interesting, but like he's a more expensive striker. And 
I, like last week, I think I said, so now it's over for me underestimating Mainz. And if we look yeah. at the stats, like I said that Frankfurt only conceded 55 shots so far this season. Mainz is sitting at 50. Dortmund is 49. And Bayern and Wolfsburg are on the bottom of the league with 44, with the least shots conceded. So Mainz only conceded six more shots on goal so far this season mm -hmm. than Bayern and Wolfsburg. Mad. So, yeah. But with Wurz, we've seen that he can perform uh, even in a game uh, at Stuttgart where where it wasn't the biggest attacking output from, from Leverkusen, but he still came through. I'm, I'm just uh, throwing up the stats and throwing up is probably a wrong term there. Seven shots on goal at Stuttgart. Wurz had a hand, uh, let's check, in four of the seven shots on goal. Words was involved. He he had two shots himself and gave two passes to a shot. So over fifty percent of all shots he was involved in. And I mean he can't do that every match. That's that's for certain. But Leverkusen will have more than seven shots on goal on a regular basis. Uh, yeah. And they were down to ten men there and yes. were just like holding on to a lead. So I, I think he's still pretty safe. Although I like that's why I'm not getting on the chic train as much. Because I'm just thinking that that Mainz has merited like uh, respect for what they're doing, especially against the ball and not conceding a lot of shots and goals. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree there. I think yeah, that's that's how they're set up. That's the Bo Svensson football. Yes, it's intense. Yes, there's a lot of pressing, but really, it's yeah. about uh, keeping things as tight at the back. That's why they play with the three man or five man back line, whichever way you look at it. Yeah, um, and, and joint best defense in the league, two goals yeah. conceded so far. Yeah. So uh, I haven't mentioned that. that like True. that's the biggest stat with Wolfsburg. So like our underestimating minds, especially uh, in defense, is over. So um, Wurz still think is a pretty good one. Because he like he 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 doesn't need to be involved in goals to have a at least decent game. Um, but with Schick, I think there are probably better options out there. Yeah, especially this weekend. I can agree there. Okay, let's move on to Union against Bielefeld. I'm sure this is one that everyone's looking to invest in. Union are unbeaten in 19 home games. Their last defeat on home soil at the Stadion an der Altenförsterei was back in September of 2020 when Augsburg were 3-1 winners. And I said that jokingly at the beginning. It's not the worst match to invest in, but something tells me Union and Urs Fischer are going to have one eye on Thursday in the Europa Conference League here, Flo, which makes it just a little bit tricky. Here. Yeah, although like Gieselmann is a must-have for me, 4.2 million. Yeah. If you want to be fancy, you can invest in Trimmel. If you remove price, I think they, they are similar um, in points expecting. Gieselmann so far is better because he scored the goals, but it's probably not nothing you can bank on as a left-back. Although, like I said before, like he, he's getting that shots by design because he's always arriving um, late in the box um, if they're attacking over the right flank. Gieselmann is, is my clear uh, pick. And you definitely could also think of going with Avoni, who's in that price range of Modest with 7.5 million. I like Modest more because his shot production is, is, is much better. But if you got the feeling that, that Union is, could do uh, much better than Cologne does at Frankfurt, I think Avoni is viable. And of course, Max Kruse, 11.5 also always viable, uh, especially because of his set-piece duties and everything else he does on the pitch. That would it be for me if you invested into Hack or Wimmer last week. 
I think yeah, like the, there would be no reason for me to make that a, a priority to get rid of these guys. Because I'm like, I've got this inkling feeling that Bielefeld could surprise uh, at Union. But a strange, strange of things has happened. And I mean, as you were talking about earlier, it just takes one game for their efficiency in front of goal to click into place and everything changes for them. So yeah, you, you wouldn't put them past that if, if maybe, you know, I say that and Union, I mean, you just keep expecting them to slip up at some point this season. And I just wonder whether it's going to be one of those seasons where they constantly prove people wrong by not slipping up. It's going to be an interesting story to follow for certain. Let's move on to the next game, Hoffenheim against Wolfsburg. Again, another tricky fixture from this weekend. One player, of course, always in focus when it comes to Hoffenheim is Andre Kramrich. He is without a Bundesliga goal since the final day of last season, but he has scored in three of Hoffenheim's last four meetings with Wolfsburg. As I said, a tricky fixture to maybe navigate here, Flo, but who would you pick in terms of a player? I'm, I'm not keen on any player in this match. Uh, if I had to pick one, it would be Kevin Mbabu, just because of like his challenge winning abilities. And Wolfsburg is unlikely to concede a lot of goals, I think, just the way the game is set up. And uh, so Mbabu would be my pick, but I'm, I'm probably, like I, like I said, I still have Arnold and he'll probably still be in my squad and I'm just hoping in, uh, that he has a good game. Uh, I, I wouldn't invest in any player in, the, in this game. I, I, like I can't pack it down. Usually games in Wolfsburg involvement are not attacking fireworks. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would look elsewhere to invest my money. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, uh, Pavel Kanajarbek has, has caught my eye. I'm, I'm almost upset that he didn't make his return after the international break when I wanted to bring him into that squad because he would have been a great hold for a couple of games and maybe even in this one as well. But I do agree with Flo. It's just not the most investable matchup this weekend. Should we talk about one that is a little bit more investable? That being the late game, I mean, when you talk about Gladbach against Dortmund, normally you go, oh, maybe this isn't a great game to be involved in, Flo. But uh, the problem is when, when you uh, have a game involving Dortmund this season, there are goals in it, both for and against them, um, which makes it great as a fantasy fixture. Now, Gladbach have only fared worse after five matches of a Bundesliga season once in the last 10 years. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, a fun fact if you're anyone but Lars Stindl or a Gladbach fan, but Lars Stindl has lost 20 of his 23 career meetings with Dortmund. So not a great omen for him or for Gladbach. But where do you see the avenues for investment in the top spiel then, Flo? I mean, it's, it's the usual suspects. It's Haaland and Guerrero for me. And, but if you have Gladbach assets, I think you can, you could uh, hold on to them because, like you said, like Dortmund is scoring, but they're also leaky uh, at the back. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having, still having uh, Stindl, for instance, in, in my squad, wouldn't be a priority to sell. Up front, the question is do we see Mbolo? Uh, as players still getting the nod, we're not like we're not a hundred percent sure how they which eleven they will feel. Um, so I, I I think that Stindl is is definitely still viable. If you got Scully, he's so cheap. Um, he wouldn't be a priority for me to sell. Although I'd rather have a midfielder of Gladbach who's not getting minus points for goals conceded. Because like yeah, we we probably see some goals in this game, and probably on both sides. 
But and like I, I wouldn't go too far beyond the tread and pass uh, in these games, especially because Hofmann, like he he might be back, but he might not, and yeah. so we we're not sure how the starting lineup for Klappach will actually look. Well, it is, it's also one of those classic games where you can kind of try and get a bit tricky and maybe overthink it and try and be too differential and it can hinder you as opposed to help. So I agree with you, Float. This is one not to maybe go too far off the beaten track. Let's move into the Sunday games then. Bochum against Stuttgart. This is one we have mentioned as an investable match. Now, Bochum have shipped a joint league high 13 goals after five matches. Uh, Stuttgart, they've conceded 12. So then 25 games in five games between them. Bodes well from a fantasy perspective and let's be honest Flo there are players in both of these teams uh, that are viable sources of points and we've mentioned a couple of them already uh, on both teams okay now you're surprising me James uh, well, I, okay no, maybe, maybe I'm getting a bit ahead of myself on the Balkan side of things yes yeah. definitely I'm thinking more in my head Manuel Riemann because he's just been you know uh, you know, someone that I've been able to rely on heavily at the start of this season but you're right yeah Riemann we got but like we usually don't talk goalkeepers uh, here so uh, yeah I, I, I wouldn't think about investing into a Bochum player I think with Simon Sola he tore his ACL which is like that's a big blow that, that's definitely a big blow for uh, Bochum and um, so I, I'm, I'm not sure that I would invest in the Bochum side at all they, they conceded 85 shots so far which is the most in the league uh, of course they had that Munich game and that will of course, change the stats probably after this weekend. It will be third sitting on top again. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a pretty good matchup for the Stuttgart side. And I actually looking to bring in Borna Sosa. So, uh, well, um, I was going to ask you that. I mean, I, I've yeah. had him in my side even since the last international break. And admittedly, it's one of those that I, if I could have had a fourth transfer, I might have got rid of him. But you're bringing him in. So like, I almost felt like this was last chance saloon for Sosa owners. So are you looking at him more as a one and done? Not necessarily. They're playing at home against Hoffenheim next week, which is like a middling matchup. I'm not afraid of it. Then it's the international break and we get the second unlimited transfer phase. So we, we have to look at the next two match days. And, and I think if you bring in Sosa this weekend and he does well, I don't think there's a need of setting him to the next weekend. So that, that will be my tactic with him. And, and, and apart from him, we've got Mamouche up front for Stuttgart at 3.5 million, who has uh, 4.4 shots on goal per 90 minutes. Like I stated before, it's, it's just amazing value. And, and these are the two guys and, Another one, a bit more risky because we're not 100% how they start is Tangu Koulibaly for 6.6 .6 million. He's a midfielder and would be a decent value choice. That is interesting. We we talked a lot about Stuttgart's midfield market after their match day one match against Kreuterfurt. We said it would be interesting to see who can provide the consistency. And the problem is none of them are doing it. That's that's the problem right now, Flo. We've had Massimo have good games. Klimovic has had good games. First has had good games. Clement's done well. Yeah, first now, is injured. That's the problem. Yeah, I think he yeah. would be our preferred target if he weren't injured. So uh, we can't hold that against him. It no, happens. Kulibali has a has a huge upside potential yeah. in, in that Stuttgart midfield. So yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a risk associated with it. But there would be worse moves to make uh, in your midfield this weekend. I think with Stuttgart going up against Bochum, uh, is there anything you'd like to add on this one? Because I mean, is this is this really a game that 
we need to kind of capitalize on for flexibility this week? I, I would say so. Yeah. I, I think it is. Get yourself, like, have some Freiburg players uh, in the back pocket to to swap things out and have one or two Stuttgart players before that. Uh, I, th- I think it's a viable option. Very viable. Yeah. Uh, especially since, like, the top spiel with Gladbach against Starborn. We're not sure, like, you, you probably... Guerrero, you're safe with Guerrero on Haaland, but like this, this game could go in many directions. So uh, I, I would like to have some more options later on. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. Then let's talk about the last game of the weekend, uh, where it's the last roll of the dice. But uh, there, there have been worse fixtures we've had in the last slot this season uh, compared to Freiburg against Augsburg, especially when you consider that it is a bit of a special moment for Freiburg, so they might just raise themselves even further than they normally would because, of course, it is the last time they will be playing at the what is or should always have been known as the Schwarzwald Stadion. It does have a new name, the Treisam Stadion now, but I will not call it that. Uh, it will be the 360th Bundesliga match they've had at the stadium. They've won 148, drawn 95, and lost 116. And Flo has already mentioned that Augsburg are the only team yet to, sorry, they are yet to concede away from home, but they also yet to score away from home as well this season. So, it does bode well for Freiburg. It does bode well potentially for Freiburg assets. How are you handling the final fixture? Is it a case of having maybe Gunter plus a Freiburg midfielder? Yeah, for me, it's it's the case. But I, I already have Gunter, Grifo and Jong in my squad. So it's not that I have to invest to to have involvement into this game. Then let me ask you, what would you do if you didn't have any Freiburg players in your squad this weekend? Yeah, I would probably go with Gunter. Because he will play. So we expecting Grifo to be back in the lineup. And like the most predicted lineups have Young uh, in the starting lineup as well. But there's definitely some risk attached with these two guys. There's no risk attached with Gunther as long as he's not injured. And like I, I've, I've mentioned before that Augsburg hasn't conceded away from home so far this season. But like you stated, they they didn't they didn't score so far as well. So yeah, Gunter, I as they, they I still think, they still have more own they've still scored more own goals than goals right this season, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, it's just <laughs> poor old Augsburg. I mean, if we're talking about a non-fantasy asset, Augsburg are the definition right now. Yeah. So I I, I think it's viable, and for me, Grifo is also viable. Uh, it's it's risky. But we, we've seen from him that he can pop out um, for big games. And like you said, it, it, it's going to get emotional. Augsburg is, is a good opponent for Freiburg to get back on track. They tried something different away uh, at Bielefeld. But I think they, they saw that it's, it's not enough. They, they need more creativity on the pitch. And Grifo is just that. Yeah, that's that's how I would gauge the situation. Yeah, I I just can't see them. I mean, Strike clearly had an idea as to why he dropped Grifo and and Jong last week. I cannot see him having that same idea two weeks running, given the fact that they really did struggle to create chances. So yeah, I think Grifo is uh, in that midfield a very very solid pick. Shall we talk about our player picks and close out the show? Yeah, our top three as always. Uh, Vegas choice flow. I will come to you first. 
Yeah, I'm going with Angelino, 13.7 million. He will be a big differential because I believe that probably no one seriously playing has him because he was doubtful for last week. And so I, I think bring him in, in now, especially since Leipzig has two home games in a row, first at home against Hertha, then the last game before unlimited transfers is at home against Bochum, where they probably will rely on uh, Angelino getting in crosses as well. I could see that as a real good possibility. But you got the risk of Guardiola's, like, he, he's playing good, even if he's really a centre-back. So you got the risk of Angelino not starting, and we haven't seen that old Angelino so far. Yes. Uh, anyway, so you're banking on two things happening. Uh, I think it's likely that at least him starting is going to happen. But like the risk attached is why he's the Vegas choice for me. Yeah, he's, he's never been the same ever since that injury that he claimed wasn't an injury. You know, the thigh muscle where he tweeted out, no, I don't have an injury. Like ever since then, he has not been the same. It's all stagnated um, and plateaued for him, which is a bit of a shame. But I do still like him as a Vegas pick because it's clear if we were, what we've even seen from him this season under Jesse Marsh, the idea is still to get forward down that left wing. And I mean, admittedly, I've gone for a Vegas choice along a similar line. And it really is because I think a lot of people don't have him in their squads right now and maybe looking to bring him in. And I think Borna Sosa at 11 million is a very viable option. I, as I said, I've held on to him and have kind of gone back and forth on it. But if you don't have him in your squad, I think he could be a great defensive pick at 11 million this weekend. Super Schnepchen, Flo, who are you breaking your bank with? Uh, I'm going with Omar Mamouche, 3.5 million. And he's probably the most inexpensive uh, striker who might get a place in my uh, squad ever. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah. I can't, oh, maybe Joe Linton. <laughs> he was like 3 million, was wasn't he? Joe Linton, yeah, where he was really cheap. But like, it's, it's unusual, but I, I can really, like, I'm not 100% set on my transfers, but it's a real possibility that Omar Mamouche is my third striker for 3.5 million. You've got you got me going now. I'm trying to think of really really cheap strikers that have popped up, but Joe Linton is definitely the best the best one that comes to mind quickly. Although I feel like we had Joshua Tsirksi as well, but wasn't he a midfielder actually? Yeah, I think he was a midfielder. That's right. So yeah, even he yeah. didn't count. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some of the listeners out there, I'm sure, will be like, "Oh yeah, it's this guy, it's this guy." Tweet them in. Like we'd love to know. It jog, jog my memory. I, I love kind of reminiscing about the fonder times of fantasy football. The, the times of Yusuf Paulson being the god of the game and uh, Kayubi being, you know, uh, one of the best players out there. My super schnepchen, not to get too uh, distracted here. Is, is a concession from me that I probably should have picked him earlier and I haven't. And I, I'm just kind of going to do it this weekend, probably with my tail between my legs, but there's a good chance there for he'll get rotated out of the Union Berlin side. But it is, it is of course, Nico Gieselman, uh, a very, very hard to ignore player. And I just hope that that doesn't quite happen because it would be. It would be very typical if I were to bring him in my squad this weekend and he'd get rotated outflow. So yeah, bear that in mind, anyone else that's doing the same thing. But yeah, I think it's hard. At 4.2 million, he is the super schnepchen. But, but I mean, they're playing on Saturday and True. the Europa uh, Conference League is on Thursday. True. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a real possibility. And it's not like they're sitting in the table and saying, well, we, we can go with half strengths against... <laughs> Uh, Bielefeld. I, I don't expect that no. to happen. 
No. And they looked really good against Dortmund as well. We should point out in that game, you know, on another day, they may have even come back and got a point from that one, despite being 3-0 down. So yeah, Union, worthy, worthy investment this weekend. Uh, how about your banker? This was a bit of a tricky one for me, Flo, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. If we don't want to go to the obvious places yeah. with uh, the Bayern players, of, of course, we already talked about like that they have set up really well on Friday at Fürth. Or maybe I do go with a Bayern player. I'm going with Leroy Sané. I, I think like he's coming into his own with Musiala and Nabri not at 100%. I can see him getting a lot of run uh, for Bayern. He's an interesting differential pick whom I don't, uh, won't bring in because I don't have the money. But if you have, uh, I, I think it's not a bad idea to go Lewandowski, Sané, Haaland up front. I was just looking up his ownership, 2%. 2% according to uh, the website. So yeah, uh, that is the definition of a differential. Um, if he if he pops off uh, and you pick him. Uh, and it was it was a tricky banker pick this week. And so therefore, I've gone with the one and done option. And it has to be, there's a big asterisk next to his name. It's Philip Kostic up against Köln. Because I think there's just going to be, both, both teams are so set up to play down the wings that there's going to be opportunities on the wings for both teams. Therefore, Kostic is going to have chances. Therefore, Kostic should set up goal-scoring opportunities and be involved in shots on goal himself. But yes, with that game against Bayern the weekend after, it is very much a one-and-done situation with Philip Kostic. But I thought I'd put him out there as my banker. Yeah, I, I like it. If we're going like um, over the, the most obvious picks, I think Kostic is, uh, is a pretty interesting one as well. Because well, he's someone that I look at as having not much ownership right now, but I get the feeling that might change after the next international break. And he got nine, nine points at Wolfsburg. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we, we, we've seen that his baseline is still pretty strong. Yes, it is. And if, yeah, if he, if he start, you know, we also saw signs that him and Sam Lammers might start building a, a, a bit of a rapport the same way he did with Silver, the same way he did with Alaire, Rebic, Jovic, all of, all of the above, um, which is always a good sign for Frankfurt. But for now, we will leave it there for this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on your social media platform of choice. And if you haven't yet joined the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now, from me, your host, James Thurgood Flo, and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew, Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.